Hey, you listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 15. Today we're going deep into our arc of the archetype with Uriel, the Fist Stalker. But before we talk about him, let's hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, we're back. We're near the tail end of our arc of the archetype here with Uriel. Uh, how you feeling? We are back and good. <laughs> That's like my main <laughs> thing I say. And yes, it is. What's going down? <laughs> it's basically the same thing we say every week. It's awesome. Yeah, that's and what's it. going down is everybody that plays against Ural the Mist Stalker. Absolutely. That's who's going down. Absolutely. And uh, I guess that's jumping right into it. But before we do, you got to go through the main things that we go through. Oh, yeah. We got a whole bunch of social media coordinates we got to go over. So if you want to check out this deck list we're talking about today, or any of our past deck lists, future deck lists, or just deck lists that we have on there in general, you check us out tappedout.net or CCO Podcast. Same coordinates on Twitter. You can like, you can share, you can follow us there. We're really great. If you want to get a hold of us with anything that isn't a tapped out comment or something that costs 140 characters, you can send us an email at commandercookout at gmail.com. Same coordinates on Google Play when we're, when we're eventually up there. I assume we are now. We're just waiting for our approval to go through there. Or on iTunes, which is really great, where you can subscribe and listen to all of our episodes. You can binge watch them just like Joel did. Thanks, Joel. Very excellent. Yep. Yes. And... The other thing that we got to say about Commander Society is go and check out our sister cast, Snow Covered Lands podcast. We're still waiting for that guy's body in the mail, by the way. Yep. And last week when I was talking about Animar and I couldn't remember what episode they did, I feel like a dumbass because it was Onslaught, another one of my favorite sets, <laughs> a la 2002. Still not uh, Masks Block. No, still not Masks Block, but Onslaught set was the actual very first booster box i ever bought excellent yep and we i split it with a couple buddies because i was like in grade nine or ten and ended up getting three fetch lands and i was disappointed yeah of course you were because i didn't get a kamal fist of krosa oh kamal fist of krosa is so good yeah the fister and i at the time was big time Timmy player. If you remember the Timmy psychograph from last week, like yep. the big swingy things. And I think now you like Kamal Fist of Krosa. Yes, I do. And now I like Fetchlands. <laughs> I also like Fetchlands. Yes, very good. Very good. couple other things real quick. We've been in contact with the Biff. The Biff? Kyle Bifferato. He actually sent us a couple deck lists that in the future he'd like to talk about. A couple control decks. Carador where his, uh, what did we send him? Birthing Pod? Right. From our first giveaway is now, and a Damia control deck. And Ooh. me and you both like Damia. Yes, we do. I like Damia. Yeah, Should have Death Touch. I love Death Touch. Uh, Except it's on 6-6s. Six yeah, I was going to say, you hate Death Touch. No, I love Death Touch. It's not on 6-6s. Six DT. DT. Death Touch. Poop Touch. That's what we call it around <laughs> the table. Yeah. Yep. And a one, I just want to give a shout out to a one Charles Goldhan. That could be how you say his name. Goldhan. Love you, Chuck. Why are we shouting out to him? He emailed us about an Izmira Holy Avenger slash Soros Path combo deck. What? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll... I, I just wanted to say that because Soros Path. Soros Path is and, so flipping bad. Yep. Yeah, and Izmira Holy Avenger is whenever she's uh, she's white green. Whenever something dies, put a plus one plus one counter on her or something. I wish I wish that she was white black. Because she would fit right into a deck I'm doing for a future episode arc. Ooh. I'm not going to talk about that too much right no, now. No, we're not. But um, it's excellent. Yes, I'll bet it is. Yep, black-white. Yep. Not and, as good as the deck I'm going to build, though, just so that you know. Oh, 
It's a tease. Talking about Black White and Voltron is what this episode is going to be about. Right. I do want to take time before we talk about the main course of the episode to say that while this deck is very good and it's Naya colors and I've got Jeskai color and mono red Voltron decks. Right. I think my favorite color for Voltron has to include black in some way. Hmm. And the reason I want to include black is for hatred. Hatred is very good. Hatred is an instant as an additional cost to cast hatred. Pay X life. Target creature gets plus X plus zero until end of turn. Very good. Mucho excelente. I like unspeakable simple. Simple? <laughs> unspeakable symbol. Symbol is black, black, one for an enchantment is pay three life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Also excellent in Hirobi. Uh, yes, very much so. What do you do with those? Okay, why do you want to pay so much life? Well, you don't when you can run things like Tainted Strike, instant, give something infect. Phoresis, enchantment, give something infect. Glistening Oil, enchantment, give something infect. Very excellent. Very good in a Voltron deck. Yep. Instead of having to pay all of your life to deal 21, you pay a small amount of your life to deal 10. Much better. Uh, doesn't need to go in a Voltron strategy, but good if it does. Excellent, yep. Excellent. yes. Very yep. good. I like all of those cards because uh, I like Black, I like Infect, and I like Voltron. There you go. Yep. But and we're not talking about that because we're talking about my Voltron deck. Yeah. I don't give a crap about Black. Well, I, I, guess, I guess one other thing that we got to mention with Voltron is... It, can kind of play like a combo deck. Last week we talked about Animar and how Animar we touched on just how it kind of can resemble a storm deck. Right. And that's A, why it's difficult to play and B, why it's not that spicy or fun to play against. Right. Because it's trying to do the same thing every time and Voltron decks do the same thing every time pretty much. 100% of the time yeah, this they, deck will win by killing you with your Ultimate Stalker. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what it does. So it's not really any surprise when it does that. So people can learn fairly quickly how to fight it. And I think the, 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 the one of the main challenges of a Voltron deck is overcoming people knowing how to fight it. Yeah, and knowing how to fight it is quite easy because it's right there next to your deck <laughs> yeah, the whole right, time. Yeah. He's sitting right there. Sitting and when there he's on the other side, you. well, there he is. Let's yep. put him back over there. Yep. What do you got now? And you go... Go, go, yep, yep, until you got two extra mana to cast them again. Exactly. So let's let's give Ural a read here. Yes. Ural the Mist Stalker is a 5-5 five, five for 5, so Naya colors in 2. Naya colors are red, green, white. For a legendary creature, Beast, Beast is important. Ural the Mist Stalker can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. So what is that? Hexproof. Hexproof. Before Hexproof was a keyword. Yep. Ural the Mist Stalker gets plus 2, plus 2 for each aura attached to it. Also very important to the deck. He also looks really cool. Yeah, he's all surrounded in mist and stuff. Yeah, he's got sweet horns and glowing eyes and stuff. He's great. I altered one of those one time, and now I'm thinking if I altered another one, I would change the text to Fist Stalker, similar how I altered a Thrag Tusk to say Swag Tusk. Right. And instead of mist coming out of the picture and all over the card, I would just draw Fists. Just floating all around them. That would be great. I like that. <laughs> I have a. I have one. If you wanna, if you wanna do that, if you wanna, you wanna paint <laughs> instead mine. of calling him Misty, you could call him Fisty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're terrible. People. Oh yeah, Fisty. Yep. So into the deck. Yes. Well, oh. I guess okay. 
excellent because he's already a 5-5 five, five for 6. Yeah. We talked about this during our archetype episode where the magic number for your Voltron general should be 7. When you get lower than 7, you got an uphill battle to, to yep. grind out trying to kill people. Yep. And trying to go more than 7, you got to hit 11 before you've hit that next tier of general power. So 7 is generally where you want to be. Yeah. And uh, Ural might be a 5-5, five, five, but he becomes a 7-7 seven, seven with... He's when he's in combination with any one of enchantment. The, yeah, any of the thirty-two enchantments in this deck, um, will turn him into a seven-seven or yep. more. So you're you're in good shape there. Yeah, and I think also just of note, twenty-one power, and I don't think it's a hundred percent unreasonable to expect him to get that big, especially if you have like an Eldrazi conscription on him that gives him sure. plus ten plus ten. And then an additional plus two, plus two, so he would automatically get 12 power increase from Eldrazi Conscription plus his regular five. Right. That puts him at... 17, 17. 17 automatically, just just with one enchantment. Just for existing with that enchantment on him. He's huge. And then anything else that pumps him, he gives himself another plus two. He's probably big enough. Right. Yep. So he's, he's very good. Yep. He's a very good Voltron general, which is why we picked him. He's also kind of, I don't want to say generic... But I think that he's the most Voltron-y of Voltron generals. He's a dude. You suit him up. You send him in. There's there's nuance to it, which we'll talk about. But there's not a lot of yeah. tricks or fanciness to it. It's just here's how a Voltron deck works. Here's a good general that does Voltron. Also, if you're looking to build him without my super sco- my super scuzzy mana base, this deck will probably cost you a hundred bucks. Yeah. And you probably and have a bunch of it already. The uh, the same can be true, I guess, when you're when you talk about him as the Voltroniest of Voltron. Yep. If he's not quite your thing, if Naya colors aren't quite your thing, I would also suggest looking at Rafik of the Many. Rafiki of the Lots is also Rafiki very good. Rafiki of the Lots and also Shu Yun, Silent Tempest, because all three of those could be one punch commanders. Yes. And just as an example of how a Voltron deck could do real damage even at a big game i got a little bit of a story i want to tell about shuyin yeah because it directly involved both of us Mm. so we're playing at brando's house we sit down it's a six player game so one of these big games that we are not such a big fan of but i showed up late and fu jj was sitting in my seat the main seat that i sit in all the time we basically have a sign seating at my kitchen table yeah well, me and Brando do. Everybody else kind of kind of sits in the same spot, but yeah. regardless. JJ's in my seat. I say, JJ, get out of my seat. No, I'm sitting here. I'm already set up. Guy's got his play mat and his drink and blah, 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 right? No, JJ, come on. Get out of my seat. No. So I make a big deal of it, and I sit down at where JJ or um, FU Evan usually right. sit, and I get out Shuyun, the Silent Tempest. He's a 3-2. He's got prowess and... Double strike if you pay two when you cast a spell. And the deck is chocked full of pump spells and removal. And every time you play one, Shuyin gets bigger. So we're playing, da-da-da-da-da, JJ, take 19, Commander. Just as like a warning shot, right? (laughs) Warning shot for almost half his life, and he only needs to take three more to die to general damage. So I'm tapped out, and Ben, F-U Ben, across the table for me, hits me. Hmm. Okay. So my turn comes around again. Ben, take 12, Commander, just as a warning shot. Okay. Another round of the table. 
somebody leaves themselves open. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Ben or JJ, but I one-shot them. Right. Take 22 or whatever, commander damage. You're out. Next round of the table, JJ. Take three, Ben. And and it was a multiple attack step type turn. Right. JJ, take three, Ben. Take 12. Both of those guys, out. Next round of the table, it was Evan sitting beside me. Evan, take 22, out. Right? Yep. At this point in the game, just Brando and I are left. Yeah. So you know, you know how that usually goes. Yeah. So I'm I'm finished my turn after I killed Evan. Said go. Brando untaps, and by this time I'm at like five or six life. Brando casts with one person left in the game, just me. Blatant thievery. So it was like what's blatant thievery? Blue, blue, blue. Four. Gain control of a permanent. For each opponent you have. Yep. So he gained one permanent, and that was Shu Yun. Yep. Gains haste, or he gave it haste, played one thing, swung and killed me. So my Voltron commander killed every single person at the table. Yep. Very quickly, too. That was like a six six or seven turn game. Yeah. There was maybe maybe eight rounds, maybe eight turns. Yep. Yep. And game was over. Yep. So that's how Voltron works. And it very much is a posturing type deck, or posturing type archetype like uh, like aggro. Even though it kind of plays like combo. Yeah, it plays like combo. Looks like aggro. It's its own thing. Yeah. It's only an EDH. So you'll only hear it here. It's yep. awesome. So getting right into the deck, I guess the Ural the Miststalker deck that Brando has is not a creature deck, despite winning with creatures. Yep. It only plays nine creatures. Yeah, nine plus Ural. And all of them are basically there to either find sweet enchantments or draw you cards. Yeah. Mesa Enchantress or... It plays all the Enchantress effects, I believe. Um, It plays Verdurian Enchantress. It plays Mesa Enchantress, which is the same card. It's two white white or green for a zero-two whenever you cast an enchantment spell to draw a card. Yep. Uh, what else we got in here for creatures that do that? Eidolon of Blossoms is a 2-2 two, two for green, green, 2. Whenever another enchantment is comes into play, draw a card. Uh, what else do we have that does that? Plays Academy Rector. When Academy Rector dies, search your library for an enchantment card to put it onto the battlefield. Yeah. We should read that correctly because I, I feel like you might have read it wrong. When Academy Rector dies, find a card called Eldrazi Conscription put it into play. That. Yeah. That's, that's actually what it does. That's, that's actually what that says. Yep, and 99% of the time. We talked about Eldrazi Conscription and how it turns uh, Ural into a one-pump chump. Yeah, yep. he's, he's a house at that point, if he wasn't enough of a house. Um, as well, for creatures, you have Xenagos. Xenagos is key if you are playing Voltron in colors that include green and or red. Well, well green, green and, and red. red. <laughs> you play Xenagos. You, you do, because it doubles the attack power of your general every time. Yep. And that's it actually very gives important. them plus X plus X, right? Not just the power. It doubles yeah. their stats. It just makes them way better, which yeah. is very good. I We're, also play uh, Heliod, um, basically because he makes blockers for you. It's That's one. Yeah, I think, I guess before we go on and talk about how the deck plays on offense, we need to address how uh, a Voltron deck plays on defense. Because yeah. lots of times you either run your commander out and attack, and because there's not a whole lot of creatures in this deck in particular, you are leaving yourself open because you're probably not going to block with your Enchantresses in Chantry. Yeah, unless it's super critical, you're probably going to want to save them for a while. Yeah, and you're not going to block with Ural because he's in there for attacking. So you're going to want some way to keep yourself alive. Blue and white decks can do this with um, 
propaganda type effects. Right. You could do it with fog effects because I'm, I always think those are getting better and better in Commander. Yeah. You could do it with some kind of Heliod or mobilization type effects, I, right. I call them. Mobilization is an enchantment just like Heliod that you pay to get tokens into play for three or four mana, right? Heliod also gives Ural Vigilance, so he can attack and block at the same time. Ooh, very that's, good, yes. That's handy. And he makes blockers. Uh, when I was putting stuff into this deck for defense, I tried to key in on one card that I can use over and over again. A Fog is like a dilution of the deck. I'm, it's not an enchantment. It's nothing that moves me forward. All it does is prevent me from dying. We talked about dilution is... effect in a different deck. Is mm. when you're when you're putting cards in there to increase the offense or the defense of a of a deck. If it's not what the deck wants to be doing, um, that would be what we call dilution effect. Yeah, you're taking away from your Voltron strategy. Virtually everything in this deck is an enchantment or does something because you have enchantments. Every creature in the deck does something when you either play an enchantment or is an enchantment. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that when we keep going through the recipe here. We talk right. about nine creatures plus the commander. Instants and sorceries, we got six each, which is a relatively small number. Artifacts, we've got eight and those are mostly ramp. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second because you don't usually you don't usually do that, but I've yeah. got some stats to back up why you did. Right. Enchantments. Boom. 32. Lots of them. Lots. That's that's an enchantment deck. Yep. Yep. Lands, 37 seems normal. Tutors, 2. That's fine. That's okay. That's fine because they're enchantment style tutors and you are playing the budget options. Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't play a lot of the uh what is it? Mystical tutor. Uh, no, the Enlightened and Idyllic right. are the two. And uh, I've got some notes on tutors in our budget-friendly options section because I was actually surprised at the cost of some of these tutors. Yeah, yeah. tutors are a lot of money. Not that I should ever be surprised about card costs, but yeah. we'll talk about that later on in the show. Yes, Planeswalkers, one. You got the white, uh, white green Ajani. Yep. Let's give him a read because... He is a unique card. Okay. A Johnny Mentor of Heroes is a four loyalty planeswalker for white, green, three. You add one loyalty to him and you distribute three plus one plus one counters across none, one, two, or three creatures. For his other plus one, this is a long so, one. So hold on a sec. You put counters on Ural. Exactly. Plus one, you look at the top four cards of your library. You, you look at them. You look at them, you can reveal a Planeswalker, enchantment, or creature from among them, put it into your hand. So you would reveal an enchantment. Yeah, so you're looking for an enchantment it's to a, put on your own. It's a draw two cards per turn, because you're going to reveal an enchantment almost every time. Exactly. There's yep. virtually no cards in here that aren't enchantments. Uh, and then his big one is you gain 100 life. Which is <laughs> so extravagant. They're like, why not, right? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, and which is kind of ironic, I think, because if somebody else is playing a Johnny Mentor of Heroes and they gain 100 life, it doesn't matter because you're killing them with general damage. Yeah, like if somebody steals him when he's about to ultimate. Yeah, way to have 140 life, die. Doesn't matter. Now, if yeah. I was playing Saltai, if I was playing black, green, white, uh, no. If I was playing Abzan and I was playing black, green, white, I would uh, put in a Johnny a Johnny mentor of heroes and just jam unspeakable symbol. And then I would just pay all that life back into my uh, commander to give him plus one plus ones or I'd play hatred. Ooh. Yeah. Anyways, so not, not the deck we're talking about. No, not at all. So he's a cool card and he's essentially 
uh, you draw two cards yep. because you just reveal an enchantment, and that's excellent. Excellent, excellent in this deck. Yep. So he contributes to the card drawers in the deck, and when you look at cards like Replenish and Open the Vaults that let you return all enchantments from your graveyard to play, right. I'm looking at those as draw spells because if you run out Ural and you enchant him with a bunch of stuff and then he dies, all of those enchantments hit the bin. Right. Right. If you can do open the vaults or replenish, which essentially read return to the battlefield all enchantments. And artifacts? And open artif- the vaults is artifacts for sure. Yeah. I think replenish is just enchantments. Replenish is just enchantments. And both of those are sorceries for five or six. You play Ural, you cast five or six for those two cards, either of them, and then they just re enchant Ural with everything. And he's right back to when somebody desperately windmill slammed that Wrath of God to save their life. Yeah, and the best part about it is you do have enchantments in here that give them haste. Yep. So you could just go Ural, replenish, swing for 20. Die. Most excellent. It's super good. Yep. Targeted removal seems like a reasonable amount. You've got six in here, and I guess the common Voltron play with having at least six targeted removals is, oh, hey, you only have one blocker. It dies. Take 14. It dies. You can go with it. Yep. It's perfect. All instants are targeted removal. Yep. All six of them. It's very good. Yep. And mass removal. Only two, but I think that's because you played the two that are specific for white-based Voltron commanders. Correct. One, one in Divine Reckoning. Yep. And we'll give that a read for you guys. Divine Reckoning. Each player chooses a creature he or she controls. Destroy the rest. Flashback for seven. Yep. And, of yep. course, you would choose Ural. And they would each choose a blocker, but then you've got targeted removal to get rid of that. Yeah, you have six instants that say you Kill picked something. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you picked wrong. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other sweeper I have is Winds of Wrath, which is destroy all creatures that are not enchanted. Yeah, which is better because who runs enchant creatures? Not very there, many people. There's not tons of them, yeah, especially to the level that this deck does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was also going to play Mass Calcify, which destroys all non-white creatures, but... It costs seven and... Seven yeah. is lots, and I don't like those big... I mean, you got six drops in here, and you've got Eldrazi Conscription in here, but they are few and far between, and the six-drop Wraths are very good. Seven in a Voltron deck is starting to take away some of that... Some of the resources you could be using to make your Voltron Yeah, better. it's starting to take away some of the velocity of the deck. And with Voltron, you want velocity because... Again, people know how to deal with this in yeah. killing the commander. So you want to run out as much threats as quickly as possible and start beating wholesale ass prior to it dying yeah. because it will die. Yeah. If you want a, a sweet metaphor for this, this is one I came up with a while ago. Think of a wrecking ball trying to knock down a bunch of buildings. When it's just dangling there in the middle of the hole and you kind of get the building, so it's not really going to just bounce off the building. It's not very good. But once you get that momentum going, it's going to smash the top off one building, swing back, smash the top off another one, swing back, smash the rest of the building down. That momentum's super important. Yep. To keep the to keep the pain train rolling. Yep. Keep that pain train rolling. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that lots. Okay, let's get into uh, dorks in the deck, but there isn't any, so let's just call it the mana rock section. Yes. We have got seven mana rocks, which is I think a good amount. Your commander only costs five. Right. And when you have seven mana rocks, that's going to give you what is a. 57% chance yeah. to hit a turn four Ural based on that seven mana rock number. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's a good number because that could translate into if you play another 
land on turn five, that could potentially turn into um, three or four pump cards and an 11-11 Ural, which is an important number, yes, that 11 is. number, on turn five. Right. And that is with those enchantments, those three or four enchantments, not actually pumping any of his stats. That's just his ability making him bigger by being enchanted. Yes, by having enchantments on him. Right. So, and I, I say it like that because the 11 number, after 11, the next checkpoint that you're trying to hit is 21. Yeah. And for, you know, five or six mana, you're not going to get him up to 21 in Absolutely one not. turn. Um, yeah. No, you're not. You're just but, not. but a turn five swing for 11 could mean if nobody can remove him, a turn six eliminated player. Correct. That's and where your your biggest threat's going to be gone. I think that that's a reasonable turn to be able to kill somebody on. Heaven forbid you get a turn one soul ring into a turn two chromatic lantern or signet. You could have a turn four, um, sorry, a turn three yep. mural. Now, then you're cooking. Then, then you're cooking. Yeah, then people yeah. are in, they're in deep shit at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that shit sandwich they're going to eat, it's going to taste bad. It's going to have corn in it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Bad one. And while we're talking about lands and number of turns, I got to give you props on number of utility lands. Yeah, I'm doing, I took your, your advice to heart so I could show the kids how you include your utility lands. Absolutely. And utility lands, I think, are even more important with Voltron, again, because people know how to fight a Voltron deck and fighting lands that offer some additional benefit are difficult or, or it's it's highly looked down upon to play land destruction, right? Or yeah. or any kind of mass land destruction that you would need to combat the number of utility lands you have in this deck. So right. earlier on you said beasts are important. Yep. There is a little card called Contested Cliffs that the Snow Covered Lands guys talked about the other day. Ooh. Give this one a read. We will talk about it as well. Contested la- Contested Cliffs is a land. Uh it's from Onslaught, I believe. Yep. Tap it to add a colorless mana, whatever. Or you can tap it, a red and a green, and target beast creature you control fights another creature an opponent controls. So it turns mm-hmm. Uriel and his massive, massive body into a removal spell. Yep, and doesn't tap him to do that. So you could fight a blocker and then attack that person if they only had one creature that is now dead. Right. Very and can, good. And it's recur- it's recurrable. You can do it over and over again. Very important in a Voltron deck couple other things that I wanted to mention from Kamigawa block, Iganjo. Iganjo Castle. Yeah. Legendary land comes into play untapped. Very important. Yep. Taps for white. White and tap it. Prevent the next two damage that would be dealt to target legendary creature this turn. Important if they stack block with tokens, Ural, to kill them. Yep. You could prevent two damage if... I mean, they're going to stack block them an extra blocker if they know you have this, but if they don't have that extra blocker, that could stop them from blocking altogether. Right, or, or they'll forget you have it. Or it could just stop them from yeah. killing them, right? Also, in a deck like this, it's just better than a planes. There's no reason not to play that over a planes. Unless somebody plays Ruination. Right, unless somebody <laughs> plays Ruination. But let's just assume that you're not going to get Ruination. Yep, you've got other planes in there and a couple fetch lands that you could find planes with. But right. again, yeah, if, I guess if you're just drawing that on turn one, it lets you tap it on turn yeah. one for white. It's a white source, and it does something else, so yep. why not? It's the same as Hammerheim, which I love, and I also play on this deck. And also Shinka, the blood-soaked keep, because screw Hammerheim, it's not very good. Yeah, Hammerheim isn't actually <laughs> that good, but I play it just because why not? Yep. Every so often it'll come in Shinka, the blood-soaked keep, another legendary land, also from Kamigawa. You can tap it for a red, or you can tap a red, and it, target legendary creature, gains first strike until end of turn. Yep. So now all those stack blockers, 
they're not going to kill Euro. Yep. Very good. And you almost said haste. You could play Hanweir Battlements, and that is a land that does a similar thing except gives haste. Right. That's the thing. Then we've got our typical Rogue's Passage yep. and Sunhome Fortress of the Legion. Both of those are excellent Voltron cards in that Rogue's Passage lets you pay four and tap it to give target creature unblockable. So now your Ural's getting in no matter how much blockers they have. Yep, we talk about that card lots. Yes, we do. And then we've got Sunhome, which is, lets you tap it for a and pay white, red, two. Target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Again, doubles your... Uriel's attack power. Yeah, you get him to 11, all of a sudden he's 22. Yep. Boom! And, and where, what's your what's the third mark you want to hit? 21. Boom. Yep, very important. Last one I like, and I've touched on a few times, fog effects. We've got a Yavimaya Hollow in here. Yeah. Tap Yavimaya Hollow, add a colorless mana to your mana pool, green and tap it, regenerate target dude. And while it's not a fog effect per se, it does essentially for a green and tap eliminate combat damage where stack blocking has occurred or some kind of kill spell if they do manage to destroy target Ural. It's fog for Ural. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I very much like that card for sure. It's a very good one. Yep. Now, we got to talk a little bit about overextending. We talked about that last week a little bit with Animar and and running out too much. And with Animar, we did say, okay, sometimes you kind of have to go for it. That is indicative of combo decks. That's what they want to do when there is an opening to eliminate somebody or everybody. Um, you have to be a little bit more, I guess the... the you got to know your the, numbers in yeah, your own. You gotta, yeah, the range is a lot greater with, with Voltron in that you got to go all in and eliminate somebody right now because you know that you have an opening or you have to feather that or sandbag it a little bit and, yep. and not run it out there. In this one, specifically because you are just the nature of Ural's ability, the key is, am I at 7? The answer should always be yes. So you have a 3-turn clock on any player yeah. that you can hit. That would be Ural with 1 enchantment on him, right? Correct. And then once you hit 11, again, you're. do I want to push forward to get to 11? Yes. But every time you're making him bigger, you're using your resources, you're using your cards, and you don't want to run out. And in, a, and in a big player game, I think... The difference between 7 and 11 power is the difference between him just hanging out on the table. Don't, like, okay, don't attack me. Uh, Okay, okay, that's your opponent. Or the 11 11 power version is like, okay, that needs to die. And somebody's going to kill it at their first possible opportunity correct so you just that's why i say you got to feather it a little bit you could leave them at seven until you've got maybe four or five on tap mana on your turn with maybe a removal blocker backup and just say enchantment 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 die yep you got to be able to go from seven to 21 or from 11 to 21 if you're not going to do that unless you're going to kill them with real damage don't do it yep do not do it's i think it's a big mistake that i used to make when i played this deck um, I think it's a big mistake that people do make when they m- do these, is they make their general as big as they can without realizing that the difference between 11 and 19 is nothing. Yeah, There's exactly. N- in Voltron, you got to look at it like that. Yep. Having an 11, think, 11, and a 19, 19 is the same guy. It's I the same creature. I think old school or original Omnath is like that. Yep. Right? So he gets bigger for... Each green mana in your mana pool, he just gets plus one, plus one, not counters or nothing. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I made a mistake when I said that. Thanks, Smitty. F you. <laughs> um, people people want to make 
Omnath as big as they can just to have them out there and to store mana in them. I right. think a better strategy for for Omnath is to add that mana, attack, use it to make mm-hmm. them smaller, less threatening, because you're always going to have more mana next turn to make them big again. Right. Now, you don't need to have this massive and target. You, you can increase or, or uh, develop your board presence or draw cards in green with Omnath. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that's that's fine to use your mana to do those kinds of things and then next turn make a big... Like, I, I think that's a good way to play it. Yes. And it leads into your theory, like, there's no point in having them be 17, 18 power. Yeah. Like, just, unless, you're, unless the people are really whittled down and you need them to do that to kill somebody at, with damage. Like, if you're... The strategy oh, yeah. of this deck That's is to do 21 point. with one guy. Every so often, somebody else is going to be beating on somebody and put him down to 17, so make Ural a 17. And then just beat him with yeah. regular damage. That's just, a good point. And yes. just kill him. Like, that's cool, but don't... Expect the, the, the... I guess the fallout of doing that is to get Euro killed. Yes, because you're going to lose... Once he's 19, like, people are just going to kill him on principle. It doesn't matter that he still has to hit you twice. The fact is... When you're 19, 19, <laughs> you only have to hit him twice anyway. Yeah, and it's it's terrible because then you're like getting five for one. Yeah. In the Omnath example, you're not because you've that mana was just sitting there. Yeah, you got to be got to be mean, careful that's, here. That's cause... why you you run things like replenish and open the vaults and, yeah. and, and there, stuff. Right. And there's a few enchantments I guess that'll bounce back to your hand. Like Rancor with Ural is excellent. It's obscene. It yeah. gives him plus four plus two trample, and Rancor just keeps going back to your hand. Yeah, you can play for it every one time mana. for one. It's yeah. so good. So good. Okay, so I guess best case scenario is turn one through three mana rock or, or turn one and two mana rock. You play Ural out as early as possible to start beating ass. Right. And we talked about how aggressively to, to run them out there and, and when to make them big, when to hold back, when to sandbag. I guess those are all, all strengths and, and they talk about him being, we talk about him being pretty fast right if you can start to eliminate players by five or turn five or turn six that's good what are some of the weaknesses of this deck it's one guy it's at the end of the day this deck is one guy you if they do something to ural that's it if they get rid of if he turns into a forest with no abilities a la song of the dryad you are in big trouble let's, until you draw your answer to that card. let's let's look at one card you talk about one one guy uh we talked about xenagos god of revels there real quick he right. does he does help the deck out in that um yeah. he could attack himself because he's mm. pretty big yeah. but i want to talk about the one enchantment that's naya colors um Mael's mm. area Mael's area yeah it's an enchantment for red green white does all kinds of stuff i'll endeavor to read it to you at the beginning of your upkeep Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control if you control the creature power five or greater. Euro. After that, then if you control a creature, you gain ten life if you control the creature with power ten or greater. Euro. Then you win the game if you control a creature with power twenty or greater. Very excellent. Super good. So most likely you're going to be getting plus one, plus one counters, and gaining life. Sure. There will be some off chance that you do just win the game with a 20 power guy. Reality is, if you have a 20 or bigger Ural, you can just start winning the game anyways. Yeah, you're already winning the game. Or it's going to die. Yeah, so somebody will kill it. At that point, it's a win more card, but I think for three mana, let's say you play this on turn two or three, 
followed by the very next turn, a Ural. Your next turn, you are going to be putting plus one, plus one counters on things. Yep. The next turn, you're going to be putting plus one, plus one counters on things and gaining 10 life. Yes. I think that this is a good card yep. when we talked about uh, paying off in dividends. Yes, with enchantments. With your enchantresses, you're going to draw cards off of this card. You're going to get some life back to prevent all the swingbacks that you're getting because you're a little bit raw, a little bit of a raw nerve with no defense. It's another card yep. that is like um, Heliod. Yeah. It's, it's going to create a little bit of a buffer. Correct. It, yep. it keeps you from getting killed. Another card that does that in this deck is Singel of the Empty Throne. It's an enchantment for five, two of which are white. Whenever you cast an enchantment, you get a 4-4 four, four Flying Angel. Blockers yep. for days. Good Most, blockers for yeah, days. Yeah, I like that one. Yep. And I also like a little bit of a weird include in the deck, but I'm not going to call you on it because I actually like Pyrohemia in this deck. Oh, I love Pyrohemia in this deck. Let's give Pyrohemia a read. Before we do that, one of my favorite magic card arts is Pyrohemia, which might make me twisted, but I love that picture. Bunch of dudes on fire. I think um, the suffix hemia is having to do with blood. Yes, they're, they're Pyro blood. being fire. These people's blood is on fire. And they subsequently are Not having burning. a good day. Yeah, they're not having a good day. Not days. having a good day. So this is an enchantment for red, red, and then two colorless. It's uncommon. At the beginning of the end step, if no creatures are in the battlefield, sacrifice Pyrohemia. Unimportant. The Unimportant big thing. because Ural's always going to be hanging around. Yeah, Ural's going to be around when you're using this card. Yeah. Red, Pyrohemia deals one damage to each creature and each player. What does so, that do? Not only does it start to... Axe off the players that have been taking damage, yep, just can... native damage throughout the game, but it also gets rid of blockers that are going to be in front of Ural, and he's going to survive because he's much bigger. Exactly. He's like the, he's the biggest creature on the table, so in theory you could eliminate all of the elf players' elves. You could take out your hopeless of Girapur <laughs> for one mana every turn <laughs> yeah. forever. Yeah. Right? It's just it's a thing that keeps those little dorks yeah. out of the way. If somebody plays a Avenger of Zendikar... Nice plant tokens. Yep. Nope. Somebody's playing Animar from last week. If the Euro player is still alive yep. by the time Pyrohemia lands and then he's got red mana to play it, that does um, hose that deck quite a lot. Yep, hoses we were, him down. We were talking about Wraths last week. What was the card you brought up? Um, volcanic Fallout. Volcanic Fallout. Yep. yep. This is like a continuous Fallout. Yep. It just, it, it's super great in a deck like this. And it does hurt you as well, but, I mean, things like Miles Aria, there's lots of stuff that gives you lifelink you might be able to just eke it out and just grind this one out with, yeah, with that card. I like that. Yeah, very good. Okay, another another potential weakness of any Voltron deck, and this one is no different, is the amount of people it can kill. And going back to, you know, p- people, people learn very quickly how to fight Voltron because there's yep. one main threat. What... What can this deck do that can fight that? I know that there's a lot of totem armor things. He's got... Hexproof, which is excellent. That does make him a little bit better. What about Wraths? Does it bend over to Wraths? Uh, Like, I mean, here's the thing. You've spent five on Ural. You've spent umpteen mana on enchantments for somebody just to cast a Wrath. Depending on what enchantments I guess you're using, there's lots of totem armor which will survive the Wrath. Unless it's actual Wrath, you can use Yavimaya Hollow to regenerate him. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, you're basically kind of hosed with a wrath you know what's the worst you know what i've seen in in commander lots is there's one or two threats on the table in a big game and somebody doesn't have a path to exile or terror and they actually use wrath 
to kill one thing. Yeah, I've seen that before, That's too. That's terrible. It's such a bad thing. Except in this scenario, where yes. it's like, Wrath of God, uh, kill Ural, prevent yes. 15 damage to my face. Exactly. It's so yeah. worth it. And it, it, people are going to do that. But, I mean, you're just kind of relying on your, to- I think, your totem armors and your hopefully regenerating to get yeah. him through. And then you're, he's hard to block because you have so... Most of the enchantments don't pump him, per se. Mm-hmm. They give him evasion. Flying, unblockable, trample. Exa- protection from creatures, double strike, trample, lifelink, fire oh, breathing. Yep. There's yep. all sorts of things that just make him difficult to block and difficult to kill. Yeah. And I guess the last thing, and I asked you just about the... I asked you this about the Cranko deck as well, is how aggressively do you run him out? We talked about playing him on turn three or four if you can to start beating ass, but when he dies, do you play him again immediately or do you let yourself recharge? And how many times can you reasonably expect to play him in a game? Three times before he starts costing... Like, first he costs five, then seven, then nine for the third time, Hmm. then 11. Can the deck make that much mana? It can make 11, I think. I think you can do 11. After that, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Um, And, I mean, to run him out a bunch of times, you want to run him out as soon as you can, enchant him once, start swinging. So, for our spice calculator, I've got his optimal game size listed at four, so yourself and three other people. If each opponent kills him one time... Right. You will have played him four times. Right. You play him once and then three times after that, so he would cost 11. Right. Um, I so think that's probably reasonable. It's, it's like, reasonable to do. The, the fewer people you're playing against, the better. I would say optimal game size for this is probably you and two other people. You and two. And, and um, it's probably fast enough to do that with the cheap enchantments that you can attach to him. Right. And the, you know, 50% of the time you can get him on turn four type... Right design that the deck has now if you're finding that it's not fast enough you could probably up that mana rock count just a little bit or um you could look at things like uh, mana dorks and gaia's cradle if you have the budget for it right or like you're doing in the deck playing sarah sanctum yes sarah sanctum you tap it you get a white for each enchantment in play and virtually every card in the deck is an enchantment yep which more than makes up for the super white heavy uh what do you call them pips there's yep. a lot of white pips in this deck. Yep. Um, more so than the actual number of white-producing lands there are. Yes. Yep. The thing about the white-producing pips, though, is lots of cards actually only require one white. Yeah. A um, couple of them are white-white. And even if you do need two, you're not going to be playing two things that need white-white in one turn. The odds are you're going to play one of them. Correct. Now your Ural is enchanted. You don't want to overextend because you're not stupid. So you swing it. Yep. And there are a couple enchantments that I believe have hybrid mana costs. Yeah, those are sweet. So you could play green or white or white or red. Yes. Right? So that eases up the requirement for white as well if anybody's looking at us thinking that we're a bunch of dummies. Yeah. Those actual cards, those ones you were just talking about, the hybrid ones, were mm-hmm. actually the cards that initially inspired me to build this deck the first time. Yep. Three Other colors. Than. He gets lots of benefit from the um, the god enchantment cards from Lauren Block. Let's give yeah. a couple of them a read yeah. here so yeah. people know what we're talking yeah. about. Okay, so one of them, my favorite one is Ruins of the Deuce. Deuce? Whatever. Deuce. Ruins of the Poop. Uh, he co- It's cost four and then hybrid red-green, so five total. Enchant creature. As long as the enchanted creature is red, it gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike. As long as the enchanted creature is green, it gets plus one, plus one, and trample. So it gives Uriel plus four, plus four, trample, double strike. So Most he's excellent. A, so he's a nine, nine... 
trampling double strike. It's, There's also Shield of the Oversoul. That was one of the ones I was looking at. Yeah, that is a great one. That's a hybrid white-green and two. Enchant creature. If he's green, 1-1 uh, one, one, and indestructible. Very good. Mm-hmm. White, 1-1 one, one, and flying. So now for three mana, you get a 9-9 nine, nine flying indestructible Uriel. Yep. Very good. And the last one is Scourge of the Noblest. Not the best one. It costs three hybrid red-white. Um, as long as it's red, it gets hybrid red-white fire-breathing and the plus one, plus one. And as long as it is white, it has lifelink. And plus one, plus one. And plus one, plus one. Which, yep. I mean, again, not bad. They, they all give Ural plus four, four plus, plus four. four. And they all give him two... I think relevant abilities. Yes, Again, none, of the, none of the abilities are real relevant. Fire breathing just increases or decreases your kill clock. Yeah. And lifelink, we talked about being important to create that buffer if you are getting crackbacked or raced. Yes, if raced you're racing, against, lifelink yeah. is very, very good, especially with fire breathing because you can just yep. dump some. And especially if you're not racing another Voltron deck. We talked about yep. that a couple weeks ago in the archetype episode. If you are playing against Voltron, uh, life gain is no good. If there's no Voltron decks in your meta, wow, play life link. It's or life gain. It's crazy. Massive life gain is very powerful. Yes, that's actually why I have so many life link. I can't believe I'm saying that on a podcast. That this, that's like going on record as saying that life gain is good. And that just seems like the opposite of all magic theory. But it's a meta thing, right? It depends on your play group. If nobody's prepared for you to gain 100 life and you gain 100 life. You're going to win the game. I just don't want people to think I'm a pleb. No, nah, that's not <laughs> We're next leveling all those plebs that think lifelink is bad, but proving, I, but proving that it actually is good. Okay, so susceptible to spot removal if that spot removal is a four-mana Wrath of God-style spot removal. Yes. Which people play. Yep. And um, That's the main weakness. This is not having your own. Weakness to this deck. And, and it's, the only, it's the only guy, right? He is the guy. Yeah. I mean, unless and, you're... You've gotten really lucky and had a really long streak where you have a 5-6 Mesa Enchantress that you can use to make your little dork guys bigger. Or you start enchanting your angel tokens, which is viable as well. Yeah, I think angel token enchantment is fine. And um, like, I mean, they're 4-4s. Four Every time you cast them, you get another 4-4. Four four. And if you're enchanting those and making them 5-5s five or 6-6s, six yeah, that's nothing to scoff at with 6-6s six in the air. Exactly. That's not terrible. Okay, so let's push on because we're a little bit short on time and I'm starting to recognize what is a reoccurring theme in our budget section. And when we're looking at a three-color mana base, you and I with our deep collections, not that we're bragging, we, we are. are running <laughs> fetch lands, shock lands, filter lands, and even some dual lands. And that does make for a very expensive mana base. And I don't think this deck, like Animar last week, you need... All of those come into play untapped style lands because you're not looking to cast anybody on turn one or two other than a few mana rocks. And right. you would be playing your um, your basics or your comes into play untapped lands anyways, right? So why not play things like Jungle Shrine or the Karoo lands that bounce a land but give you two when you tap them type lands to cover your color requirements and drastically eliminate your budget i'm looking at the fetch lands i'm looking at f- fetch lands like you're playing arid mesa plateau savannah sarah sanctum is like 70 bucks now I, I am bragging because i paid like 11 for mine yeah. sorry it's 60 bucks i think i paid i think i actually paid money for mine, I think mine was 40 or something oh, yeah. yeah mine yeah. was mine was not cheap S- still a significant amount of money if you could cut that or if you 
don't own it, I mean, not a big deal because you could play, um, you know, something that gives you two mana or white, white, or yeah. there is stuff like Th- that. There's available. lots of stuff that you can get, yeah. Yep. Or you could take a couple of those uh, meta dependent cards, something like Pyrohemia, or I see Umazawa's Jite in there. Jite? You could cut those at a, at a land or two, right? Um, yeah. Or, or at a mana rock or two. Yep. Yep, I, I I think mana rock instead of very expensive land cards, as long as you maintain that land count of thirty six to thirty eight, you're yeah. okay. You got to keep those lands up because you will need them because you're a will die and you will need sources of energy yep. to play them. Oh, you know what I like? Um, new recent cards from Amonkhet, the cycle lands, the the dual color, the bicycle lands. Yeah, not bad. bicycle lands. I bicycle like lands. Yeah, I like those because they are good late game if you need new gas for Euro and you already have 8, 6, 12, 15 land, whatever, bin one and draw a card. Yep. It's probably going to be an enchantment. Get a sweet enchantment to <laughs> yeah. put on them, yeah. Yep. Oh, look, it's a Rancor. Yep. And then a couple other potential cuts with, I want to say tutors. You could potentially cut the $24 Academy Rector. Yep. And originally I had wrote down play idyllic tutor huh. but idyllic tutor's 22 bucks yes what the hell right so instead i put enlightened tutor 13 bucks it's a little better it's a little bit better and uh, it does basically you're still the same spending 13 thing. bucks if you don't have that card but it yeah. does basically the same thing i guess enlightened tutor is instant search for artifact or enchantment put it on top of your library you're fixing a draw whereas with the academy rector which is why i think i played it instead I played her because she's a blocker too. Very much so, blocker. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can stop one attacker one time, yep. and then punish them for doing it because you're going to swing back for seventeen annihilator one. Don't uh, attack annihilator me. two. Another one or two doesn't matter. Annihilator. One. Yeah, it's going to be a ton. You're yeah. you're in you're in deep shit now. Yep. Don't attack me. Replenish as well was a little bit of an expensive guy that surprised me honestly at twenty one bucks. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's American money, so it's like $78 Canadian. Yeah. I thought Faith's Reward or Second Sunrise are cards for white or in white that let you return each permanent that hit the graveyard from the battlefield this turn. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not quite as good because re- Replenish, you can leave them in the bin for X amount of turns until you get your Replenish and then bring everything back. But if you had your Ural removed. You could just let everything hit the bin, him included, and then Faith's reward him back into play. Yeah, or not, not you, a bad thing. Or you could second sunrise him back into play. And you don't spend a ton of time tapped out with this deck unless you've played Uriel. Because you're usually playing an enchantment unless... For you need a to... mana or two. Exactly. And then you want to play your other one to, again, take him from that 7 to 11. And basically after that, you're, you can sit on stuff and just swing until you can make him into that 21 everybody yep. dies yep and i've got and i me- I just mentioned it umazawa's jite tell me about that that's got to be in here for a reason but i don't know what it is other Umaza- than jit being good it is in here because it is good and it is recurring removal and it can make euro bigger ah so it the can... the targeted removal should maybe be seven instead of eight possibly i mean you can the picture this you use a double strike enchantment on euro he's a seven seven with double strike makes 14 Add a Umizawa's Jite to him, swing in, the first part of the double strike hits, Jeet gets two counters, you can make Euro four bigger for the second one. Ooh. And it I like that. It's significant. Like you yep. can do lots of neat stuff, or again, you can use it as away, removal. Or use it as a buffer 
to keep yourself alive because you can use it to gain life. Ooh, yep, it does so many things. Yeah, Jeet does mana. everything Jeet does in this deck is things that you want your card to do, and it does it for two mana and whatever your deck is doing anyway. And anytime you have a card that'll do that, you play it. Okay. Milk list? Milk list. Milk list. Let's do it. White, green, red. Okay. Naya, yep. Zero drop. Mana crypt. No. Nope. Soul ring at one. Yeah. Soul yeah. ring. Yeah, yeah, important. Very important. Boros charm. Nope. Wait. Boros charm. You don't play Boros charm. You play Boros charm? You play Boros signet. Oh, Boros signet. Come on, man. Uh, Get your life together. Cultivate? Nope. Hmm. Perforos? No. Marari's wake? Nope. Sun titan? Nope. Might be an okay one. Yeah, sometimes might be good. And just because you got lots of three or less enchantments. Yeah, they can come back. It's, it's essentially draw a card when you attack, right? And if you don't have a Ural, you can suit him up too. Yeah, he's got vigilance. He's a vigilante, if you will. Yes, I would. Yep, you would. Uh, Avenger of Zendikar? Nope. Terastodon? Nope. Big Daddy Butt Sex? Not it. <laughs> Blazing Archon? Nope. Kozilek Butcher of Truth? Nope. World Spine Worm? Nope. It the Betrays? Nope. Emrakul the Promised Land? Nope. Auto, I don't even know what card that is. Hey, let's 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 look it up. Auto Crothon Worm. Autochthon Worm. Is that how you say that? I Autoc-thon? assume we'll sign it. We'll sign Auto-th- it out. Is a what? is a nine fourteen for white white green 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 ten. Ah, with convoke I guess, and he's got trample. Why would you play that? There's got to be something else at 15 what that you would play instead hell? of this garbage. That thing sucks. World Spine Worm? Yeah. Um, I don't even think World Spine Worm costs that much. Okay, so he's got Convoke, so you could make him cost... Five. Five for a 914 Trampler. What if you... Uh, he's got 23 total power and toughness. Yeah. What can you wild pair into him? Nothing. Oh, man, what the hell is up with this card? Yeah, that card is terrible. F that card. Let's just get off of here. All right. So Move you on. play Milk List one match. One card. Sol Ring. Yeah. The most common card in all of Magic, I play Sol Ring. Dang. Boom. Voltron, though. Not You're not going to play good stuff, really, in yeah. Voltron. You're, you're playing not Voltron play stuff. You're going to good stuff. I don't think that's a deck. No. And no. if it was, it would be a bad deck. You're all combo control. Be I don't worst. think that's It'd a deck. It would be awful. Either, yeah. be the worst. So let's get into the elephant in the room, and I'm not talking about Terastodon. Oh. oh. The spice calculator. Mm. This is a this is a hard one. This is, yeah, this, this is, is bad. This is like Animar levels of bad. Yeah. Popularity at the time that we made up the notes for this deck, there's 550 Euro decks. That is the third most popular on edhrec.com. Also, if you go on really quick, I'm still a super big celebrity in the recent decks. Oh, yeah. Uriel yeah. the Fist Stalker. I'm still <laughs> yeah, there. That's it. He's still there. Average CMC, 3.05. Critical turn, 4. Because that is hopefully the turn that you play Euro on. Yep. And, and you start swinging her in. Yep, that's right. Optimal game size. I put four. You said three. I'm going to leave it at four because the numbers are already in. Right. The uniqueness rating is the tough part here. And I think it suffers from Zata effect where you have to run certain cards to make it yep. good. You want the ones that give him haste. You want the ones that give him protection from creatures. You want the ones that give him protection from colors. You want the. the... That also cost one or two mana. Yes, and there's only. So many so of those. So many, that's right. So uniqueness rating, the average EDH rec deck list to your deck list, five cards different. Boom. Not very many. Not so very many. So all of all. that, and two tutors. Yep. 
combines to a spiciness rating of 19.5. Not very good. Not very spicy, no. but a very good example of a Voltron deck for yep. our Ark of the Archetype arc. arc. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, I think it's a good beginner deck to play. This is a good deck to learn. It teaches you about overextension. It teaches you about posturing. It teaches you about what your cards do and how to value them. It teaches you lots of stuff that you need to know to be good at EDH by playing this because it is a little fragile but it's also very very powerful so i think that that is worth saying oh yeah i like that i th- i yeah. think uh the term that gets thrown out a lot is glass cannon and while yeah. i don't think that it's that i think that it does teach you that concept where powerful can also mean fragile yes yeah. can also mean fragile yes it doesn't right. always but in this case it, it might sometimes okay yeah. card of the week card of the week card of the week we're going to go with uh, Ancestral Mask. Yes, Ancestral Mask. Originally from Mask's Block. Nice. We bring it up every show when I talk about snow-covered lands. I Shout love out to Mask's those guys. Um, Mask's Block. It is a enchant creature aura for green and two. Yep. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two for each enchantment on the battlefield. You will play lots. Your each, opponents will have a couple. Sorry, each other enchantment on the battlefield. You will play lots. Your opponents will have a couple. Yep. And it itself will give Euro plus two plus two by default, even if there's nothing else on the battlefield. Exactly. And 66 cents. Yeah. So it's a budget card, too. And it's from a sweet set. And it's a, it's a good card. Very much so. Get your ancestral masks. Yeah. There's a reason why it was in Vintage Masters. Or was it a Vintage? Or uh, modern masters. Eternal masters. Eternal masters. Yeah. There we go. And that's the reason that it's sweet. I think that's it. Any any other yeah. last words on the deck? No, I think uh, I think that's what we got. So we're gonna move into the uh, the super fun part of the show, where I guess we talk about all the different ways that you can interact with us, which In- is including our super sweet giveaway. This is uh, I guess the release of this show is your last chance to retweet. Enter, engage with us on social media, like, share, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we are going literally from our chairs to the store to buy the packs. Yep. So you want to learn some open flippy dot drinky, you can check out our, is it our Grand Arbiter Augustine the 4th? Yeah. Is where we tell about, talk about the rules, talk about the game. If you want to try that, that's cool. If you want to just get some packs, that's also cool. But like, share, interact, comment, upvote. We're at CCO podcast or CCO podcast on tappedout.net and Twitter. If you want to check us out with something that's not a tapped out comment or 140 characters, you can email us at commandercookout at gmail.com or look us up on that same coordinate on iTunes or the Google Play Store because I'm assuming we're there now. I'm just waiting for that to kind of go through. Or whoever else you found us, you might have found us through Commander Society. You might have found us on Podomatic. We're Commander Cookout there too. Oh, hey, here's the thing. We are trying to crack the top 10 in games and hobbies on Potomatic.com. If you like, follow us, comment, engage with us, engage with us on in some way on Potomatic, that does help. And two weeks ago, we were number 12. Last week, we were number 11. We want to crack that top 10 spot, mostly just so we can say that we're the top 10 yeah. games and uh, hobbies podcast. Which would be cool. doesn't actually give us anything, but it is cool for us to be able to say that and uh, pretend like we're big swinging dicks around here. Yeah, like we're big shots. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Also, I think we're going to do for next week, I think we've got a bonus, oh. bonus, super secret addition to our Arc of the Archetype. We're going to talk about one of the worst archetypes oh. in Magic. Yep. We're going to build a mill deck. Yep. Oh, baby. 
So that's going to be great. So you want to tune in for that one next week on the next Commander Cookout podcast. Hit our theme song. 